morning in spirit and in truth through God's word and through worship as well. And now we're going to have an opportunity to do that through opening up the word of God. And today's scripture reading is going to be from the book of Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be in several verses in Galatians. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles right in the back and that can be our gift to you if you don't have one uh, on your, of your own or in your household. But today we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5 in several verses. And we're continuing in this series that we're calling True Freedom as we've been going throughout the entire book of Galatians and really seeing that as the common theme in Galatians, that uh, God invites us through the power of the Holy Spirit to experience true freedom, to go beyond law, to go beyond religious standards, to go beyond legalism and enter into true freedom through life in the Spirit. And uh, today's scripture will be in Galatians 5, verse 1, verses 13 to 14, and then verses 22 to 25, all in uh, Galatians chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 1. So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles and open up our hearts and minds to be able to hear from the Word of God. Let's hear now from the book that we love, Galatians 5, 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another. This is verse 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be freed, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then verses 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you because your word gives life, Lord. Your word gives hope. Meet us, Lord, in the midst of our questions, in the midst of our anxieties, in the midst of our loneliness, God. And would you provide to us the true comfort to help us to believe, Lord. Last week we talked about, Lord, how it's all about faith. And Lord, sometimes we believe, but help our unbelief, God, in those times of doubt. Help us, Lord, to grow in faith, to believe that we are here by providence. We are here by your sovereignty. Aquí nos tienes, Dios Santo, con propósito. And Lord, you're moving us toward something greater. You're redeeming us. You're restoring us by your perfect love. 
And for that, we're grateful, Lord, and we give you all the praise and glory. It's in the faithful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So as I mentioned, we're continuing in this series in the book of Galatians that we're calling True Freedom. And it really aligns in many ways with who we are as a church community here at Imago. Uh, At Imago Church, we are a gospel-centered community. As many of you know, that's the purpose and vision that God has formed Imago for, that we would be a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships, restored relationships with God and one another. But really, the foundation of that vision is that we would be a gospel-centered, Jesus-centered community. That really, that's the foundation of who we are. We keep first things first and the main thing, the main thing. We're a community that functions not just by law or religious tradition, but we're a people who are called to live life by the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Jesus' gift to us. As he ascended to heaven, he gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to descend over his people. The Holy Spirit is the one who connects us to God and to one another. And we're a community that functions by that, that strives together to live by the Spirit and to live together, do life together through grace and truth. Meaning that we understand the grace of God in light of the truth of God and we understand the truth of God in light of the grace of God. We function through both grace and truth. We don't function just by law or tradition. But instead, we take that next step that Galatians invites us into, that next step to go beyond legalism, law, or tradition, and enter into life in the Spirit. So that's why here at Imago Church, and I've said this before, we don't really gain authority by titles. But here, it's all about stewardship, testimony, and common responsibility. We don't gain authority by titles, but instead by testimony and Christ-like character. When we have testimony and Christ-like character, that's when we're entrusted with more stewardship and more responsibility here at Imago Church as we build up the kingdom of God together. And I'm so grateful for all those that got to take part in the barbecue celebration at our home last Sunday, where we got to talk about what the theme for 2021 is, that together as one church community, we are rebuilding towards spiritual maturity and church health as the body of Christ. That's the goal. That's what we're all moving toward in 2021. And again, I'm just uh, rejoicing and still so Uh, filled by all of the joy and laughter that we got to share this last Friday together, and I look forward to many more opportunities like that. But again, this is what Galatians invites us into, life by the Spirit, in order that we would experience true freedom. Those are some of the main themes in this book we've been studying now for over a month. We'll be concluding the series next week in Galatians 6. But what do we see here um, in chapter 5, verse 13, verses 13 to 14? It actually tells us a brief word about freedom. We are called for freedom, but it says this in verses 13 to 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 
But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. What does that mean? That means that freedom requires wisdom, stewardship, and responsibility. Freedom is not just doing what I want when I want because I want, right? True freedom is an invitation to life by the Spirit, and that is an invitation to really embrace wisdom, stewardship, and responsibility with my true freedom. Because here's the bottom line truth when it comes to the freedom that we have in Christ. We can use our freedom to bless, to build up. So that means that we need to have in mind that the way that we live, the way that we use our freedom, actually shapes the image and idea that people have about God. And that's especially true of all of us and especially true of those who well, who influence others, who impact others, and especially true if you're a parent. And I've said this before here at Imago, but here's the bottom line when it comes to parenting. The way that we live shapes the ideas that our children have of who God is. Now, and I learned that in many, many years of experience with young people. Some of you know the first 10 years of my uh, uh, ministry experience were in youth ministry. But then I worked in education in the public school system for a while. And now even in raising two children of my own, I have learned this truth that never fails. That when it comes to kids, to children, whether they're very young or they're teenagers, this truth still remains. Kids will not always listen to everything that we say, but they will always observe everything that we do. Kids won't always listen to everything we say, but they will always observe everything that we do. And that shapes their ideas of who God is. That shapes their ideas of what life and interactions and relationships are all about. And the same happens for those of us who follow Jesus, who are Christians, in the way that we engage the world, in the way that we engage our neighbors. Remember, that's what Paul says here in Galatians. It all comes down to that one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whether we think we signed up for it or not, the fact is that the way that we live our lives, the way that we leverage our freedom and use our freedom, all of that shapes the way that the world and our neighbors think about God. And that's quite a responsibility to keep in mind. The way that we live shapes the way the world and our neighbors think about God. Because we witness to who God is with our lives, with our actions, and the way that we conduct ourselves. All of that becomes implanted in the minds that, of, of those that we surround ourselves with, of those that we influence, especially those who are far from God. Perhaps for some, you are the only Bible they will ever read. Perhaps for others, you are the closest thing they have to God. The way that we live 
shapes the ways that our neighbors think about God. And the call from Scripture here is to call, is a call to embrace that, to embrace that responsibility in our freedom, and to really live life by the Spirit, to live in freedom. And for us to really break the ceiling of just tradition or law or rule keeping or rule breaking. But instead to live life by the Spirit, that means to be who we were created to be. And again, life by the Spirit, this is very clear in Galatians. And perhaps you've heard me say it before. Life by the Spirit is not just freedom from bad things or freedom from negativity but it's freedom for you to be who you were created to be. Again, not just freedom from that one thing that I want to keep away from, but it's freedom, and, and, and true freedom is not just freedom to do what I want, when I want, how I want. In fact, that's what chapter 5, verse 13 of Galatians reminds us of and warns us of. It says, do not use your freedom to indulge your own sinful nature. Do not use your freedom for your own agenda. Use your freedom to love your neighbor as yourself. Use your freedom to take that next step of life, uh, uh, to enter life in the Spirit. Freedom for life in the Spirit is the call to be who we were created to be. Again, living beyond just traditions of people, living beyond just societal norms or standards or religious expectations, and now living a new life by the Spirit. And what we see here in Galatians 5 is that life in the Spirit tastes a particular way. And this is how it tastes in verse 22, Galatians 5.22. Life in the Spirit tastes a particular way, and it tastes like this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruits of the Spirit affirm that we, as a gospel-centered community, as the people of God, that we are called to taste different. To be different and taste different because we are made new. Made new in Christ for his purposes. That means that God invites us to experience freedom from in order to experience freedom for something greater. Again, the gospel does not just free us from negative things or bad habits. Yeah, that's a fruit of all of it. But again, the gospel doesn't just free us from that. The gospel frees us for greater purposes. For going that next level. So what does that mean? That pattern of life in the spirit to experience freedom from in order to gain freedom for. That can look many different ways in our lives, right? When we enter into life in the Spirit, that's going to be an invitation to experience freedom from destruction in order to gain freedom for flourishing. Freedom from foolishness in order to gain freedom for wisdom. Freedom from resentment in order to gain freedom for forgiveness. Freedom from lust in order to experience freedom for 
real love. Freedom from stinginess in order to experience freedom for generosity and stewardship. And life in the Spirit invites us into freedom from selfishness in order to experience freedom for wholeness and wholeheartedness. That's the invitation of life in the Spirit. Not just freedom from, but freedom for. And again, when we go our own way, that's only going to lead to self-destruction. But life in the Spirit invites us into flourishing, to be who we were created to be. Here in the scripture, we see that life in the Spirit reminds us that holiness is holistic. That's actually where the word whole comes from, to be made whole. Wholeness comes from holiness. And here we see that really Jesus is interested in restoring and making us new in all areas of our lives, from our insides to our outsides. Every aspect of my life, God wants to redeem. God wants to make it whole. And that even begins with the inside, what no one else sees, right? God wants to redeem and restore my thinking. Because my thinking is what leads to my actions. My actions lead to my habits. My habits lead to my character. And the character is the whole person. That's my life. God wants to redeem our entire lives in all areas, from our thinking to our character to our actions. God is not just interested in redeeming our church selves or our Sunday selves or our religious faces. No, God wants to do so much more. He wants to redeem our whole selves. And through this process of making us, uh, of, of holiness, he will make us whole. Holiness is a journey of being made whole by God. But that's not often the way we look at it, right? Sometimes we can come on a Sunday or do a particular thing in the week and really just look at it as that kind of transaction, right? I've done this, now God will do that. But no, what we're invited into is a whole life, a holistic life. Sometimes we can think, well, I've done what God wants, so now I can do whatever I want. And we can think to ourselves, yeah, God, you can have that part of my life, but you can't touch my time or my money. Yes, God, you can have that, but you can't have my anger. Yes, God, you can have that song, but you can't have all of who I am. And friends, brothers, sisters, when we think that way, that's again just wanting to keep God in a box or God at an arm's length. But he's not going to settle for that. He wants all of you. He wants all of me. That's what God desires, a holistic transformation through life in the Spirit. All of me and all of you. It's like that pop song, right, by John Legend a couple of years ago. All of me wants all of you. And that's exactly what God extends to us, a holistic transformation. Freedom in Christ begins with God, and freedom requires action. 
That's what the gospel invites us into. The gospel invites us to prepare for action and to be proactive in our journey with God. I love the way that um, the former prime minister of uh, the United Kingdom during World War II, Winston Churchill, he talked about the importance of action and proactiveness to get us past any challenge that we may be going through. And he's quoted in saying this, and he he said this actually during a time where uh, London was constantly in attack, England was in attack, there were bombs falling down every day, and he, he, he would talk about how action is always key. If we want to see change, if we want to see transformation, action is key. Winston Churchill says this, I never worry about action, but I only worry about inaction. Action I am never afraid of, but it's inaction or no action that terrifies me. So in order to step in to life in the spirit, it's going to require proactiveness and action from us as God's people. What does this mean? I think about in the Old Testament, right? Joshua, who was given the promised land. What what does God say to him in that scripture? He says, Joshua, you must go to the land that I will give you. So that means that trusting God and entering into life in the spirit means that we will trust God as we step forward in actions. God is in charge of outcome, but he asks us to take actions. We're called to take action and to trust God with whatever outcome. Again, if we want to break that gas ceiling, if we want a glass ceiling, if we want to go that next level with God and enter into life in the spirit, it's going to require some proactiveness and some action. Because here's the bottom line, you can't move a parked car. I learned this a a few years ago from a friend who once failed the driving test, the DMV driving test, uh, when, when she went to go do it the first time she failed her test, because she realized that as she took the test, she started it, she had the emergency brake on during the entire behind the wheel test. And moments into the test, The DMV instructors just stopped it. It wasn't even a minute or two into the test. And the DMV instructor just said, all right, stop, stop. The test is over. You failed. My friend was really upset. Well, why? What happened? Well, the the instructor said, the first rule of driving is that you cannot effectively move a parked car. And similarly, friends, We are called to take the action, to trust God with the outcome. But again, in our freedom to take the action. Because here's the bottom line. If you don't want to grow as a follower of Jesus, there really is only one thing to do, and that is nothing. Just do nothing. There's only one action to take if you don't want to grow and get to that next level of life in the spirit. One action to take, and that's no action. If you do not want to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, then just do nothing. 
But the invitation here is for something more, for something greater. If you want to see holiness, to grow in Christ, to be made whole, to thrive, to see God show up in incredible ways in all areas of your life, from the insides to the outsides, if you want to see that, then God invites us to use our freedom toward action, toward proactiveness, to take that step toward him. And for some of us, that next action may be a back-to-basics kind of action. Maybe you've taken the actions before, but for some reason you've stopped. But today could be an invitation to get back to that basic action. And really the three basic actions that will draw us near to God, no matter where we are in our faith journey, and I want to invite you to take part in it this week, are really just the three basic actions of prayer, of meditating on scripture, and on fellowship here with God's people in the church, whether you're watching online or here in person. So prayer, what is prayer exactly? Prayer is simply entering into the presence of God with thanksgiving and also calling out to God for help. Then the second action, meditating on the scripture, In the scripture, we were able to really just engage God's living word and to be shaped by that word and to be molded by that word to be made new. And then finally, the action of this, of fellowship together in the church, which is the communal way that together as God's people, as a community, we have this event of entering into prayer and gathering around God's word and in worship together. All of that is so key. Those are the back-to-basics actions that God can use to take us to that next level in life in the Spirit. And really, just a word on that last one, that last action that seems so basic, so normal to to many of us, but to others, it's kind of hit and miss sometimes. But that call to action of fellowship with one another, of life together as a church community, I love how there's that passage in the book of Hebrews that says, do not forsake meeting with one another. Do not forsake the assembly. Do not forsake the fellowship with one another. Do not forget to do life together. Just because people back then when the scriptures were written were just as distracted as us today. Yes, during this last year, these last 15 months, we all had to take a pause during this season of COVID. But now we're uh, we're beginning to see, as we mentioned and we prayed earlier, the light at the end of the tunnel, at least in this part of the world and, and in our state and country as well. We're beginning to see a new beginning, to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. And we're rebuilding together in 2021. And I want to reemphasize and and really um, be consistent with that in reminding us of just the importance of showing up to worship together, to life together. For those watching online as well, we want to make that invitation to come back and simply show up to life together here in worship as a church body showing up consistently and faithfully for Sunday worship and for church events or for fellowship. 
All of that makes such a difference. In fact, showing up is 90% of all spiritual growth and of maturity. Just showing up to fellowship, showing up to God in your time with him, with prayer and meditating in the word. And anyone that's worked closely with me before has heard of this. But the fact is that availability is the best ability. Just showing up, that will be a way that you will be able to bless one another, to bless God and yourself in your journey, in your spiritual growth. Because here's the truth. What can keep us back from that next level of life in the spirit, of, mature, of, of spiritual maturity, is not going to be doubt. God can handle all of our doubt. But sometimes what can hold us back the most is actually distraction. Distraction from drawing near to God. Because here's the truth. There will always be a reason. There will always be an excuse. There will always be an explanation to not show up or to not do something. Especially when it comes to our spiritual life. But giving a deep yes to Jesus and to community is a deep yes to showing up to worship, to showing up for one another, to showing up for your own spiritual growth. And especially now that we're back in person, I want to invite us here to think of two people that we can invite into fellowship. Those at home. We want to invite you to come back into fellowship in this season as well. Because showing up for worship is a huge part of our gospel witness in our life together as a church body. And we want to press on in this year and be able to invite and welcome others in. But we want to welcome others in with our joyful presence. And that's a very simple step that you can take in entering into life in the Spirit and growing in your journey with God. You will bless your church community. You will bless yourself by being faithful and consistent, by showing up to God and showing up to one another. Now, some of us can think, well, that all sounds good, but I'm a really busy person. If I just need to take one of those back-to-basics actions, which one can I take? And the way that I think about it, especially when I think about prayer, fellowship, and also um, meditating on the scripture, it's like a three-foot stool, right? They're all necessary in order to balance. So you need to ask yourself, which is more important of those three stools, of uh, uh, of those three feet on the stool? And the truth is, they're all equally important. Without one, there will be an imbalance in our lives, Or it's kind of like the eagle that soars high, right? Which one is more important, the left wing of the eagle or the right wing of the eagle in order for it to soar? They're both equally important. They balance each other out. And it's the same thing when when it comes to these back-to-basics actions that can lead us to spiritual growth and to life in the spirit. They're all equally important. They all build us up toward that life with God. So as we close out here, one of the main things that we remember from the book of Galatians is this. People who live by the Spirit are also people who taste 
like the fruits of the Spirit. You can't fake the fruits of the Spirit. They're both connected in a deep way. I can have certain spiritual gifts, but they must be aligned with the fruits of the Spirit. I love how um, C.S. Lewis in his book, The Mere Christianity, he talks about how you can sometimes identify people who live life by the Spirit because they bear the fruit of the Spirit. And he says this in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, already these new transformed people, these people who live life by the Spirit, are all over the earth. They're dotted all around. Some, as I have admitted, are still hardly recognizable, but others can be recognized. But every now and then, you meet one of them. Their very voices, their faces are different from our own or what we're used to. They are stronger. They're quieter. They're happier. They're more joyful. They will actually not be like the idea of religious people that you have formed up in your mind or in your general reading. They do not draw attention to themselves. You tend to think that you're being kind to them when they are really being kind To you, they love you more than other people do. But they are not dependent or codependent on you. You will wonder where it comes from. But when you recognize one of them, you will recognize the next one much more easily. Wow. People who live by the Spirit taste like the fruits of the Spirit. How about for you? Who's a person that God has placed in your life that you can feel after a conversation or an experience with them, you can feel, you know what? I feel like I was just with Jesus. I feel like I got to taste the fruits of the Spirit. And the greater invitation is that you can be that for one of your neighbors. You can love your neighbor as yourself by living life in the Spirit, and tasting like the fruits of the Spirit. So friends, brothers, sisters, here's my prayer. May this not cause any of us more burden or more anxiety or another thing to do. Remember, the to-do list, that's all legalism. That's not what we're going for here today. But life in the Spirit is a joyful invitation from God to live a life of flourishing to be the me that I was meant to be, to be the you that you were created to be, to lean into your calling and knowing that that's who you are. Who you are is not just based on your circumstances or your situation, but who you are is based on your calling and you are called to live by the Spirit. So let's rest in this. Rest assured not in your own abilities, but in God who promises that he will never, ever leave you. He will never let you go. He will never forsake you. He is committed to you. God is not just committed to some plan or some blueprint, but he's committed to you. Life in the Spirit means that wherever you go, he is there and he is committed to you no matter what. And here's the good news. 
Jesus offers to take you right where you are right now. And he is committed to remolding you, to shaping you into a new creation, into a new person, into the you that you were created to be. You and I were created to be flourishing people, to be free people who live by the Spirit as we reflect the fruits of the Spirit, which the Scripture has reminded us of. We are supposed to taste like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There's only life. The fruits of the Spirit go beyond the law, go beyond the tradition, but the fruits of the Spirit lead us to true freedom through life in the Spirit. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we... Thank you, and we give you praise. Te damos gracias, Dios Santo, y te alabamos. Lord, we thank you that you never just call us to do something that you haven't done. Jesus, you are the model for ministry. You are the model for true freedom. You are the model for true sacrifice, Lord. And God, I just pray that we would be able to hold on to you, Lord, to let go of whatever it is that we need to let go of, of our own legalism, of our own irresponsibility with our freedom, God. And instead, Lord, would you redirect us toward life in the Spirit. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would just be the one to guide us, Lord, and remind us, God, that your word is true, that the prayers of the righteous avail so much, Lord. Help us to live by the Spirit, God. And may we not just stop there, Lord, so that no one would boast, but continue to move us forward, to shape us, Lord, so that we would taste like the fruit of the Spirit, so that we would taste like Jesus and that people and our neighbors in interacting with us, that's the best way to possibly love them. Lord, the whole law is summarized in that one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And the best way that I can possibly love my neighbor is to taste like Jesus. Lord, teach us what that means. We can't do it on our own. But that's the good news. It's not by our power, it's not by our, by our might but by your spirit, oh God. Live in us, dwell in us, shape us and mold us to taste like you and to reflect you, oh God. Receive this praise and receive our lives as a living sacrifice, oh God, pleasant for you. We are blessed in order to be a blessing to others. Help us to lean into and steward that freedom, God, to be a blessing. Lord, we love you and we give you all the praise and we thank you for how far you brought us 
And we thank you that you're not done yet, God. You're not done yet with our own lives. You're not done yet with our church, Lord. You are rebuilding us, Lord, and leading us toward spiritual growth, Lord, toward church health as the body of Christ, toward true freedom through life in the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We lift all this up to you, and we surrender. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. and just I usually when Pastor Carlos is done I usually tell you guys oh let's go up and get, go ahead and get up right so just wherever you're sitting at right now just close your eyes for a little bit do me do that for me right now just go ahead and close your eyes and Pastor Carlos right now he just prayed he said he's not done with us yet amen so what what is it this morning that you need God to, to continue to do in your life, but also finish, amen? Because there's also, there's moments in our lives where, where we just feel like we just, there, we have nothing to give, amen? And then Pastor Carlos was talking about the first of the spirit and it's just like, wow, Lord, like you're just moving this morning different directions, amen? So whatever you are needing from the Lord this morning, whether if it's fruits of the spirit, whether if it's kindness, whether if it's joy, whether if it's peace, whether if it's love, whatever you are needing this morning, just give it to God this morning. Declare it to the Lord this morning. Don't leave, don't leave with your hands like this, amen. Leave with your hands raised up high telling tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me this morning. Thank you, God, for providing with what I needed, Lord. Thank you, God, for taking away this heaviness from my heart, from my mind, Lord. Don't leave the same today, amen. And those who are tuning in with us, don't leave the same when you tune out, amen. So, yeah, just, just press on this morning. Tell the Lord, Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me and let me trust you while, while you, you lead me, amen? So let's just go ahead and just stand. And let's just, let's sing this song out this morning, amen? Sing 
and I will call upon your name. And I will call upon your name. And keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my sorrows in your embrace. For I am yours. And you what the Lord has for you this morning. I keep on saying that, but you don't want to miss what the Lord has for you this morning through this song, whether it was through, if it's through the song, through the message, just receive today.
It's been such a joy to be able to worship with you this morning and again to lean in and take that step toward life in the spirit together. Uh, just a couple of reminders. If you need to talk or pray with anyone immediately after service, we're available and we're here. We're ready to come alongside you and pray. Um, I'll be available, Charlotte, uh, Joneses, Michelle, anyone that you could just tap any of us and we'd love to just pray with you this morning um, and also just that we want to invite everyone to continue in worship just right outside in our time of fellowship take five minutes to connect with God to connect with one another and to be able to just um, really uh, take that next step together but now as we go out from here would you receive this blessing first in Spanish and then in English it's from the book of Numbers que el Señor te bendiga y te guarde. Que el Señor haga resplandecer su rostro sobre ti y que nuestro Dios te dé la paz y la sabiduría que buscas. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious toward you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you the peace and the wisdom that you seek. Go in the peace of Christ. God bless you. It's been such a joy to worship together, and we'll see you here for worship next week. Go in God's peace. God bless you.